0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports at JustTheNews.com. Oh, my God, did Just The News make some news yesterday. You know how? We had President Trump on our afternoon television show with David Brody, the water cooler. If you haven't watched his show, tonight's the night to do it. Today's the day to do it. Go online, go to our website, click on TV, and go pick water cooler. You will not believe what President Trump told Uh, David Brody, my good colleague, great reporter, uh, great journalist, great TV host, very funny. Uh, You won't believe what President Trump said about uh, the elections. In fact, I don't want to describe it. I'm going to let you listen to it. Just pay attention to this. I never admitted defeat. We have a lot of things happening right now. I think that that
1: was an election that was, I don't think, all you have to do is read the newspapers and see what's coming out now. No, I never, the word is concede. I have not conceded.
0: Wow. Uh, You know, President Trump is always one who says what he means and means what he says. And so when he says he didn't concede, I guess he's got something up his sleeve. Let's see where that leads uh, right now. Now, we got a full show today and a very special guest, uh, General Mike Flynn, the former National Security Advisor to President Trump, a true victim of the Russia collusion capers of the FBI. He's joining us today. We're going to talk about national security. We're going to talk about foreign policy. We're going to talk about China and Russia and Joe Biden. uh, And we're also going to talk about election integrity. And tonight, if you get the chance, tune into Real America's Voice at 8 p.m. I've got a TV special, live TV special, really excited about this, all about election integrity. Um, and it's an update on what's been going on in the states. You saw the stories that Daniel Payne and I broke last week in Georgia. You've seen our daily reporting on what's going on in Arizona. You see Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania lawmakers talking about an audit. I even saw that there may be an effort underway or about to begin in the state of Nevada and Las Vegas to vet voting there. Uh, There is a movement sweeping this country, despite the news media's Criticisms despite claims that any questions about the election are conspiracy theories when in fact there is real paper showing it's not. But despite all that, they have not been able to stop a train that's starting to pick up momentum across this America to audit, review, lock down what we learned about 2020 and get rid of any irregularities, misbehavior, malfeasance, mismanagement of elections. And I think that that is uh, good for the country. And So tonight, 8 p.m. on Real America's Voice on Uh, justthenews.com, you can go there. You can also watch our channel on Rumble, Just the News on Rumble. We're gonna do a one hour special and our guests are gonna include Ron Johnson, the great Senator from Wisconsin. Uh, We've got uh, Jessica Anderson from Heritage Action, our partner on the show. She's gonna give us an update at all the different things that are happening in the States. Uh, We've got two really remarkable guests, Bob Cheeley, the lawyer in Georgia who won a court order, to unseal absentee ballots in Fulton County and to proceed with an audit. That's very important. Uh, and then we're going to bring in a really remarkable whistleblower from Green Bay, Wisconsin. know when we talk about Green Bay, most times we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field, right? But in this instance, we're talking about a very serious election integrity issue. Mark Zuckerberg's money empowered people in Green Bay to knock out the career election officials overseeing the November 2020 election and install instead a political operative. And I wonder uh, what people are going to think about that. Sandy Juno, the Brown County election uh, coordinator, uh, actually, she just retired, so she's now former, but she's going to tell us what really went on in Green Bay. There was a big caper, maybe not as big as whether Aaron jo- uh, Aaron Rodgers comes back or not to play football this year, but almost as big. And you're going to want to hear this great special. You can ask me, how do I watch it? All right, you can go to justthenews.com. Of course, you can go to our Rumble channel, Just the News on Rumble. Or you can go to Dish uh, Network, Channel 219, or Pluto Network, Channel 240, or better yet, uh, we do a lot of partnership with Real America's Voice. We love them as our television partners. Go download their iOS app for your Apple phone, their Android app for your Android phone, and, and watch it all the time. Listen, they've got Steve Bannon. they got my good colleague, Sophie Mann and uh, David Brody. If you had that app yesterday, you would have been able to watch our, our former president, President Donald Trump, with his exclusive interview with David Brody on the water cooler. Great show. Download the app. It'll be streaming live at 8 o'clock. You'll see yours truly. I'll be the host. And we have a great lineup of guests, like I said, Senator Ron Johnson, Jessica Anderson, Sandy Juneau, uh, and Bob Cheely, a man who's, I think, about to be on the front lines of a very big uh, Georgia election integrity debate. Uh, Georgia is on our minds in a big ways, as the great Ray Charles may, may have sung not that long ago. All right, we're going to get to our show in a second. But before I do, I just want to pause Because last night, I got to do something very personally special for me. I got to emcee and host uh, a a fundraising dinner for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Um, If you don't know about this charity's great work, it uh, provides smart homes for wounded soldiers. It tries to provide a payoff of every mortgage of every widow and widower uh, of a fallen police officer, a fallen firefighter, a fallen soldier. Uh, they are at the heart of not ever forgetting the sacrifices that began on 9-11 with those planes crashing into the towers in the Pentagon, with the wars that preceded that in, um, in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, they have not forgotten, they will not forget, and here's why they won't forget you have to appreciate the story of how Tunnel to Towers Foundation was begun. It was begun by a name, a man named Frank Silber. He is an extraordinary man. His brother, Steve, was a firefighter. And on the morning of 9-11, he had just finished the graveyard shift and was headed home to sleep when the planes crashed into the towers, uh, the Twin Towers in New York City. And though he wasn't on call, though he should have gone to bed and slept, he knew Duty called. And so he drove his car as close as he could get to the towers, which, by the way, he couldn't get through the Lincoln Tunnel. You're going to learn how we got the tunnel to the tower's name in a second here. He couldn't get through the Lincoln Tunnel because it was blocked off by police. So he grabbed his fire gear, threw it over his back, ran through the Lincoln Tunnel all the way to the World Trade Center. And then he ran up those stairs and he tried to fight that fire. And he perished that day. He went through the tunnel to the towers and he gave the ultimate sacrifice. Steven Silver is an American hero and his brother is right alongside of him because after that moment after that act of heroism after that act of courage of selflessness well Frank Silver started a charity and it is doing all these amazing things and last night I sat with so many American heroes I can't tell you how in awe I was to be among people who have given the ultimate sacrifice to their spouses and their fathers and their brothers and their sisters and their uncles. Um, I sat with amazing soldiers, two of the original 12 horsemen. If you ever watched the movie, um, these were the original special forces soldiers we inserted into Afghanistan at the beginning of the war. Before the invasion, these 12 jumped on horseback and they rode across the Afghan desert, uh, killing thousands of enemies. Taliban and Al Qaeda before getting to uh, Kandahar, the major city on horseback. You can remember that famous image of the 12 Green Berets and special operators on their horses as they arrived at the beginning of the war. I met two of them last night. I was in awe. By the way, they have started uh, their own business. They're entrepreneurs now. They make bourbon and, and their bourbon honors the victims of 9-11, of all of our great soldiers, our police officers, our firefighters. It was an amazing night to be with Frank Silber. Uh, I was with uniformed officers of the U.S. military, the widows and widowers of fallen officers and firefighters who died on 9-11 and every other tragedy since then. And they were all there for a singular cause, to raise money for an incredible, incredible charity, Tunnels to Towers. If you haven't joined Tunnels to Towers in the fight to tell our men and women in the blue and green and, and the gear of firefighters that were, got their backs that we appreciate, they, we know that they may be called to make the ultimate sacrifice, all you got to do is go to tunnel2towers.org, sign up, it's $11 a month. I'm, I do it every month. I'm a loyal donor because I believe in this. I grew up in a family of all Irish cops. My dad was a police chief and served for 46 years in law enforcement. My brother did a quarter century as an officer and detective um, and last night, I told a very painful story that I haven't talked about much in public about a family friend, a lieutenant in the state, Connecticut State Police, who died in the line of duty when a tractor trailer struck him back on December 6, 1982. My family will never forget the sacrifice of Lieutenant Tom Carney. I grew up with his children. My father started with him in the police academy and in the state police. Um, and on December 6th, 1982, long before there was a tunnel to towers, charity and other events, he was driving to work on uh, interstate 84 in Connecticut when he saw a broken down truck, I'm sorry, he saw a broken down car in the uh, opposite lane of the freeway. The car was protruding a little bit into left lane. He was worried about the safety of the motorist. He, he was a Lieutenant. He could have just called a trooper and had the trooper go out and, um, take care of this stranded motorist but he didn't that's not who Tom Carney was he made a u-turn around i-84 came up on the car and was trying to assist the motorist got out of his squad car back in those days in the 1980s during the famous moments of Smokey and the Bandit and other things there was a very unsafe prank that some truck drivers not all some truck drivers would do. It was called dusting. You would go by close enough to a state trooper to try to blow off his cowboy style police hat that all the troopers in Connecticut wore. Uh, it's a dangerous, stupid idea. But in this case, the 18-wheeler got too close to the side of the road and he struck our family friend, Tom Carney, who was killed instantly as he was selflessly trying to help a stranded motorist on I-84. And I told the story and then I pulled out of my jacket a picture because Uh, the truck fled the scene and they had to do forensic work to prove that that truck driver had killed this incredible officer. And um, Dr. Henry Lee, the famous criminologist, you might remember him from uh, the O.J. Simpson trial, from other epic cases. Well, he was the chief pathologist of the state of Connecticut. He worked closely with my dad. And when they examined the bumper of the truck, they found... The arm patch, the Connecticut State Police arm patch that was on the jacket that Bob Carney was uh, wearing that day, it was a perfect replica in the side of the truck. It had been embedded in the side of the bumper of the truck. A clear, pristine copy of the badge forever imprinted on that truck. And I think of the impact that um, Trooper Carney had, the heroism he showed selflessness he showed that day he gave his life so we could be safe so a motorist could be safe and i told that story last night i haven't had a chance ever to really tell that story much i showed everybody the photo passed it around the room and it's just one more reminder that in every part of our lives there are heroes i i hear all day long everything that's wrong with america right i read the media and we're always um saying bad things about america we're talking america down We're we have foreign policy leaders that seem to want to make America deferential to the rest of the world. And it can be easy to get depressed and say, you know what? Maybe this country has run its course. Maybe we're near the end. Maybe we're about to squander the greatest constitutional republic in American history. And listen, I understand why people have those thoughts, but if you were with me last night, whether you were talking about Trooper Carney, whether you were in the presence of Frank Silber, someone who turned tragedy into triumph, to goodness. If you were in the presence of any of the uniformed police, firefighters, and soldiers that were in that room last night, if you were in the presence of the paraplegics, quadriplegics, the widows and widowers, you would be reminded as I was that this is still and probably always will be the greatest country man has ever divined, the greatest constitutional republic. And yeah, we got our flaws, we got our debates, our disputes. We've got some silliness going on in this country that make people upset, but you still measure the quality of the country by the heart and soul and quality and the skills and the dedication and the patriotism of its people. And last night, I was reminded that there is so much more good about America than there is wrong. And we need to stop always focusing on the negative and embrace the positive, salute the heroes have the backs of those who have fallen and their families. And um, I was blessed last night to get that lesson up close and personal at a very special event. It touched my heart. It was great. Now it's back to work. I got to go back to doing journalism. Yep. But it was a great night for me to um, be in the presence of true American heroes, true American greatness. And I am forever grateful. All right. We're going to go take a quick commercial break as we do at this time. When we come back, General Mike Flynn is here You are not going to want to miss our interview with the former Trump National Security Advisor, a major figure in the Russia case, a man who knows a lot about the world stage. And we're going to talk about that. He also knows a thing or two about election integrity, the issue we're going to have on our TV special tonight. Don't forget Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on Dish, Channel 240 on Pluto. Download the app. Watch it on Just the News. Watch it on Rumble. Very important special. All right. We're going to go take that commercial break. When we come back, Mike Flynn is here in the house. Get ready.
1: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, General Mike Flynn is joining us. General, it's great to have you on the show.
1: John, thank you so much for having me. And I know you have a terrific audience and I really appreciate it. many of your audience and their support of everything that uh, they've done for me over the last four years of, of my political persecution. <laughs> and frankly, what you're doing, what you're doing for the, uh, for journalism, I, I will tell you that, I, you know, I mean, a fair, uh, investigative, tough journalists are hard to find. And you're one of the, you're at the very top uh, of that list.
0: We were very kind to country, say so. And,
1: and, and you've really been uh, an amazing I'm serious about that. I mean, thank there's you. very, very few people that I pay attention to or listen to or read uh, in, the, in the country because the journalist profession has just gone astray. But yeah. you have continued to be that sort of guiding light out there. So thank you for doing that. Well,
0: we greatly appreciate it that you're saying that. And I, I love what I do. You know, last night I had a chance to, uh, to MC an event for the Tunnels to Towers Foundation, and I was surrounded all night by American heroes. People have lost limbs and legs and loved yeah. ones. Uh, And it reminds you that I get to do every day what I do freely to write and report because there are so many men and women like you who served that uh, have defended our freedom. And so um, my hats are off to you. What I do is a tiny little bit compared to those great heroes and yourself included. So greatly appreciate that. I want to start off because you are obviously one of the most important uh, national security thinkers in, in the conservative side of and really in all of the country. Um, we just had the G7 summit. We had these weird moments. I know uh, uh, Biden had his classic flubs and dubs, but there was a moment like where he told uh, the Russian uh, leader that he, he couldn't attack 16 of our sectors. And I kept wondering, well, why, why shouldn't we tell him he can't attack any of our sectors? I'm just curious, um, when you look back, what what was the G7 on the world stage and, and how are Americans uh, digesting it?
1: Well, I think, first of all, fewer and fewer Americans are actually paying attention to the foreign activities of this particular administration. And I think it's because the lack of of trust or confidence in this this administration's abilities Uh, and many many, uh, reasons why, but principally the reasons are just lack of confidence in the leader and the leadership abilities of the administration and also some of the you know, even the the as you call, as you described it, clubs and dubs, leading up to the G7. The, the G7, though, to be very specific about the G7, the G7 is an opportunity for the United States of America to continue to to demonstrate its global leadership on the world stage. Right. And in a way that the we have always done that over over you know generations really, or certainly the last couple of. Last uh, couple of decades and different presidents, and that includes Obama as well as Bush, and going back to Clinton and all the different uh, presidents, and obviously President Trump, who was really a tough leader. Um, and in this case, the G7 uh, showed America as being very weak and very weak need, and in and uh, you know get past the the flubs of of, uh, of uh, Biden and. You get into the substance of what was discussed and some of the things that they're talking about. So the outcome of the G7 for all your listeners is that this particular G7 was about globalization and yeah. how we can more how, how we can shift more towards globalization than America first in our case, right? I mean, you you think that a president of the United States will be there with with American uh, requirements first and foremost at the at the top of the list and what 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 is best for America. And not what's best for the globe and what's not what's best for the, the sort of the globalization effort particularly in areas of climate change uh, use of different types of energy resources uh, you know the backing down on on trade agreements and such and also uh, not examining really really no examination of the various conflicts that are going on around the world that we're all still involved in I mean this is the this is going to be the 20th year anniversary of 9/11 so so there was a lot of things that weren't discussed, but the things that were discussed had to do more with globalization instead of America first, from an American perspective. That's the that's the, uh, the, the principal thing. The, the second big point really had to do with the uh, the, the bilateral uh, conversation between uh, Putin and Biden. And it was very clear to me, and I've been involved in my own. I've got a lot of bilats as a senior intelligence officer, With different countries, I you know I I know what a bilat is, and I know what what happens inside the room when it's just the two uh, leaders. In that case, uh, Biden and Putin, and they have they have interpreters in there because you know this is the game that everybody plays, and uh, and so uh, it was clear to me when Biden came out of that meeting that uh putin definitely got under his skin i mean it, it was so obvious in his responses and his sort of you know he, he was a little bit uh you know irritable he was it's like irritable during that during that uh during that press, press conference yeah, he
0: snapped at that reporter yeah
1: yeah i mean it was he was just irritable and it just to me it meant that putin really got under his skin and i understand just from the just from the numbers that I think you know Biden took maybe fifteen or seventeen questions, and I think Putin took you know like thirty five questions or thirty three questions after right that. those things matter, those matter because it's you know it's you, you want to have an open and honest discussion about you know between two uh very powerful nations, and we and we America want you know the Americans that are paying attention want to hear about what's what's our relationship going to be because this is a nation. That we spent 40 years in the Cold War, try, you know, staring each other down. And uh, we don't want that again. What we really want is we want to build alliances around the world. Doesn't mean that we have to, you know, like the way they operate or like their ideologies, but we cannot be building enemies. We've got to be building uh, these friendships. And, and I, just, I just found the stark difference between uh, Putin and Biden not coming out together. Right. Not standing yeah. on, a, on a dais together to have a conversation with the world stage, because I think that would have been a, that would have sent a much stronger uh, leadership presence for, for, for Joe Biden. But I don't think he I honestly don't think that he's got the uh, the the stamina uh, or the or the, the the mental resilience to be able to do that kind of thing. I mean, I just don't I don't see it. And I'm not a doctor, but I just don't see it. I mean, yeah. I know that there's members of Congress that are calling for. You know, him to have a, a, you know, a mental health check, I guess, or a physical health check. So, I mean, I think that's important. I think that's important. So
0: Let me ask you from a strategic... All
1: all, all in all, John, yeah, all in all, John, I think that it was really one of globalization and not necessarily one of America first.
0: Yeah, no, that's clearly it. In fact, I was talking to a European ambassador, uh, I guess it was Friday, uh, before I left town for a meeting, and uh, he said it's good to see America deferential again. I guess he was referring back to the Obama years, and I just thought... I've never heard a world leader call the United States deferential. We usually are the leader. We're the guys that step into the void. And to have a European right. ambassador say that to me uh, just affirms everything you just said. It was, it's really remarkable. I want to ask you, uh, because stagecraft matters in diplomacy, right? And mm-hmm. a lot matter. of the people I've talked to said that it was a strategic mistake for Biden not to be on stage because Biden would, uh, Putin wouldn't have said some of the things he said in his own news conference if he was standing alongside the president. And by, by divorcing the two news conferences, it gave Putin a free shot to, you know, to, uh, to lob bombs at the United States with no response. Do you agree with those who think that Biden should have, should have sat there because it's the right thing to do in a diplomatic setting?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it shows, it shows confidence in yourself. It shows confidence in your, uh, in, in our American foreign policies. And it shows confidence in our ability to deal you know, on a, on a physical level, as well as an intellectual level with uh, a nation like Russia. I mean, uh, you know, or with any, any nation uh, uh, that, that is on the world stage, which Russia is clearly on. Yeah. So uh, I think that it really demonstrated a lack of confidence in our current, you know, in, in, in the current president that we have. I mean, I mean, this is to me, it showed, it shows it showed his own lack of confidence in himself yeah. and definitely his team. And then to, to, just little dynamics because this is really important little dynamics like they dragged Biden out and I think it was like eighty seven degrees it was a hot day he comes up to the podium and he takes his jacket off and drops it on the ground i mean oh my gosh i mean even the people around him like the aide de camps that are around the president of the United States, which I know I know a little bit about they i mean nobody was there to like to you know to, to help him that's weird moment into a hot yeah it was very very weird yeah it was it was totally inappropriate for how his team set him up to be the you know the leader quote unquote the leader of the free world and and make him look like you know like it was a uh, like it was a, you know a rookie day it was like a rookie moment and yeah. and and you can't do that John in these in these global bilateral uh, uh, you know requirements that we have as the, as a as a nation state as the United States of America especially when it comes to Russia. Biden should have demanded that they stood up there on that stage to de- together and he should have presented himself as a real leader. And, uh, and we did not. And that tells me, that told me, and after listening to his responses, I said to my, to my friends that we were listening to it with, I said, boy, Putin must've gotten under his skin.
0: Yeah, no, there was it. You're right. There was a cantankerousness about him that signaled something that went on behind the scenes. I want to That's stay right. in the world stage, just for one minute, cause I want to get to election integrity. Cause you've been an important voice there, but, uh, you know, this was G7. This was Russia. We seem to have fumbled that moment, but we've got a bigger opportunity coming up with China. Our China, uh, our uh, China challenges are probably much larger than they've ever been. Certainly during the years when president Trump was here, we had China in a box. Now that's all been let out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how concerned are you about the U S posture to China under Biden? And what things would you recommend uh, we do? What, what's the right way to go at China at this moment where they're you know, barreling over people in Hong Kong uh refusing access to the Wuhan lab. Uh what do you think we should be doing? Yeah, this
1: this actually this is one where I would probably recommend more of a confrontational um, uh, you know meeting between uh president and, and the premier, right? And right. and G uh, and G and, and Biden. But I don't think it's gonna be that way. But I would recommend that. I would recommend that if were if it were Trump, I would say you need to be sort of on, the, on your game, on your A game, you need to get in there and you need to confront China on a bunch of different things, a whole laundry list, before you start talking about, you know, trade and and uh, global economics and all the other nonsense that I know they're going to talk about that matter, but but they don't matter to the American people right now. And they don't matter to the world, actually, especially when it comes to Wuhan. I, I think what we're going to see, you're going to see Putin, or I'm sorry, you're going to see um, Xi and uh and Biden have a joint press conference. I think that that's going to be very clear. I think you're going to see Xi be in a much more dominant leadership uh, presence. And, uh, and there's going to be some, you know, like buddy-buddy kinds of things. Like we, we've known each other. We've, you know, worked with each other for a long time. We get along with each other. There's going to be a lot of sort of glad-handing and, and patting on the back. But I think, I think Xi, in no uncertain terms, is going to stand up. In an audience, in that audience, where they're going to do a joint press conference at at the end of this thing, and uh, because if they don't, if they don't, that that signal is going to tell you everything you need to know about where America stands when it comes to China, because it it actually should be us demanding that Biden and uh, and Xi stand up together on a dais, and now is when boy Biden better have gotten a nice a nice rest and uh, and and better be on his A game to be able to stand there and and respond to. To what I believe will be tough questions from the international community, uh, press press corps, and also from uh, from other press agencies uh, from this this country that are going that are starting to ask tougher and tougher questions of yeah they sure of, are uh, of Biden yeah they are they are yep. because they know that there's a problem I mean they know there's a problem and there's a lot of buyer's remorse out there from this from this election, um, and so I just think that they have to stand together the the Biden has to stand there with G. He's got to he's got to show that he's he is not his puppet because a lot of people believe that. And there's a lot of evidence to show that that, the, you know, the Biden uh, family and all the kinds of things that are that are, you know, that we all know to be true with Hunter Biden and all this other stuff. And some of other of the other family members that we know to be true from evidence that's already come out. Right. Uh, that, that Biden really is going to have to shine. This is going to have to be like his moment. And it and it has to be incredibly strong. I will tell you that John, that that the Chinese will listen to this podcast. They will listen to this podcast. They listen to everything. They do. They consume everything. Right yeah. They consume everything, and they're going to be, they're going to be. Uh, th- this meeting they know is an opportunity for Xi, to to step above everybody else and all of the fray and appear as the new world leader on the global stage. That's where we're at right now, and that is very very important. Um, You know, one little tidbit uh, is that when we start looking at global currency, most people haven't, most people didn't know this, but like Russia just changed from uh, trade, trading global currency on the U.S. dollar to the yuan about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. That's a big signal. And they also, this huge, huge signal to the yuan and to the euro. No, No longer the U.S. dollar. And and for Russia, who has you know who is a you know Russia is really a, it's a it's it's a nation state, but it's really one big you know business. It's a big you know and right. It's an oil know, country. A, it's a big crime organization, you know. So, but when they when a big nation state like that changes their currency away from the United States to the in this case to the yuan and to the euro, that signals that signals a major shift in. And who they think is the global superpower, so so Biden needs to and his team needs to really step up, and whatever you know vitamins he needs to get, he needs to get them that day. And he, <laughs> they, they need to they need to demand that it is a joint press conference, and and Joe Biden better be ready for that one because I know she will be.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Kevin McCarthy had an interesting uh, interview Sunday night where he called for about six things against China. Uh, move mm-hmm. the games out, uh, the Winter Games out. Reduce uh, visas here. Uh, you know, take actions that really tell China: we're done with the games. Uh, we, you know, you owe the world and us a lot for what you did on COVID, what you've done to Hong Kong, what you've done, you know, what you're threatening to do with Taiwan. Do you think mm-hmm. that that's how confrontational we should get?
1: Yeah, I, I actually think so. A, a couple of things. Number one, we should be very, very certain, and we should be very clear about our policy on Taiwan. Uh, you don't even hear about the, the, the freedom protest in Hong Kong anymore. Remember last summer, was a, they were like every day, and they were, you don't even hear about them anymore. They've crushed those. So we got to be very clear about, about the physical confrontation, uh, particularly in the region, in the Pacific region. I think we have to be very clear about what our policies are in, in no uncertain terms. If uh, In terms of, of athletic games, if our if our large athletic organizations weren't so damn political, John, yeah, then I would say, you know what? Don't hurt these athletes. Let them go out there and participate. But these these you know the the Olympic Committee for the United States and the World Olympic Committee and all these other athletes who have gotten involved in in uh, in the political discourse of of the United States of America who use it as a platform to to show their idea their political ideology. If they if there weren't so many doing that these days, I would say, you know what, don't cancel those games because, you know, as an athlete and as somebody who's worked hard to to do different things. I mean, I would I would not want to penalize the athletes, but because the athletes are now uh, involved in the in politics and the political discourse, they are hurting themselves and they're hurting their their those men and women who are training really hard their entire lives to be, you know, the best athlete in the world at something. They're hurting each other by getting involved and just instead of just keep your mouth shut and go break some records and, uh, and <laughs> a and novel some medals idea. And some, yeah. Right, you know what? And do that instead of, instead of worrying about, you know, what the ideology is of, yep. of, uh, of the, of America, whether the flag is the right flag or not, give me a break. So, so I am a little bit mixed. I would rather the athletes continue to to train and and you, and you play in those games. But what it does is it allows China to have a big political voice and yeah. allows these these, Great point. You know, these damn athletes that have some political say, and these are, I'm talking about American athletes, knock the nonsense off. You know, nobody nobody wants to listen to your political views. What they want to watch is that you break a world record in the 100 meter or whatever. Yeah. Right?
0: Yep. Represent our country and win. That's an important Represent thing. Represent our country yeah.
1: and win. I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I, that's what I want to see. Get out there and kick some rear end and uh, and break <laughs> some records and, and don't worry about the politics because when you start worrying about the politics as an athlete, then you're hurting your you're hurting your 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 career field, right? You're hurting yeah. the 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 way we that we've always been with, especially with amateur athletics. We don't want to have amateur athletics get involved in the political discourse, but the but the you know the World Olympic Committee does. They do it all the time. Yeah, and it, that, so does the U.S. Olympic Committee.
0: So true. There's a bit long long record of it. All right, in the five minutes we have left, I want to pivot to another issue that I know is very important to you, and uh, it's very important to us here at Justin News. We've been doing an election integrity investigation since the mm-hmm. second week of November, we had all these documents that we forced into light through Georgia last week. And they really showed just how bad things Atlanta were much more worse than what the secretary of state Raffensperger made it look like in, in the time, you know, between election day and January when he did that famous 60 minutes. everything's okay in Georgia interview. As you look out now, you get the Arizona audit, the Georgia audit, you get Michigan and Pennsylvania thinking about doing it. Do you think the tide is turning? And, that you know, one of the things that I think the Democrats tried to do is say, if there's no fraud, everything's fine. But in, even in the absence of fraud, if there was gross malfeasance, mismanagement, elections can be swung by pure incompetence. Are you, uh, in, you know, are you uh, happy to see that these legislatures and other bodies are now beginning to dig into the details?
1: Yes, because the one thing that we have that makes us all equal in this nation, one thing, and that is our vote. Doesn't matter if you're if you're a person with very little means or if you're a person with a lot of means. When you go into that voting booth, you're equal, and that's the beauty of our constitutional republic. And right now, the American public do not trust our election; they, they do not feel that there's any integrity in our election process or system. So, the audit out in Maricopa County is a is you know is is a huge one, and I think that they're going to find. In fact, I saw some some uh, some evidence in news. Uh, from I think it's uh, uh, Kelly Townsend Senator yeah. Townsend out of Arizona right uh, talking about, hey, we might not even have all the votes that they that were that were cast there's two point one million votes that that uh, the governor of uh, of Arizona talked about counting when they did their quote unquote original audit now they 're doing this this forensic audit, which is much thorough so so people people want to to know the truth and the the number of resources that are being pushed against the fight against p- discovering the truth is just outrageous. So, he, you know, and, and everybody, the American people are watching that. So let's jump to, to Georgia because, uh, and, and, uh, I, I read both your, your breaking news articles and Justin news, yeah. uh, Thursday night, I believe, uh, there was two great articles and I, and I, you, you know, you post them online or something, but they were terrific. One of them had to do with a, a contractor who was part of the election process. And he kept like a 20 page diary. And I read yeah. that whole thing. And I, I mean, I was shocked. I was totally outraged. But in one, on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like okay, now we know this. So, so you know, Kemp and and,
0: uh, and the Secretary of yeah.
1: State there, they they need to take that because they're going to be in trouble if they don't. Because the the people of Georgia are tired of it, and I know that right now they're they're really looking hard at doing an audit in Fulton County, and there's some real, you know, on on uh, on Stacey Abrams. I'll bring her name up. Sure. There's Some real evidence that shows on this, I guess, this company that she's part of, or I don't know the, her exact role. Yeah, there's a, the vendor, Happy Faces, Happy Faces right, Faces. right. Yeah, and come to find out Happy Faces is in other counties around the country. So I think if you, you know, I mean, if the Department of Justice actually had its act together, which they do not, uh, but something is going to break here because the truth, you know, if this one thing I learned in my political persecution, the truth will come out. It will come out, and it is coming out. And And actually, the people of this country That's all they want. If it was just mistakes made, people will forgive. The American people will forgive mistakes. But if there's corruption, criminal activity, and malfeasance, to use your word, then the American people are not, they're going to be very unforgiving. So it's better to come out sooner than later, because if it comes out later, I'm afraid that that the American people will, they'll they'll take actions in their own hands. and, And like, like, what I'm trying to encourage is local action has a national impact. Get involved in your communities. And I'm, That's right. I'm seeing more and more people get involved at the local, you know, township, parish ship, and county levels. And American people are not, they're like a pit bull right now on this election integrity issue, and they're not going to let go. One of the things I would tell you, just for your listeners, too, after I read those articles, so if they haven't read them, read them. I, I, was, I read them, and I, I was so upset by what I was reading, because I've been following all this, and we've been... Uh, my my uh, my uh, nonprofit, America's Future, right. America's net is what it is. But we we are funding through our through our grant abilities election integrity, and one of our goals is election integrity. We're actually funding some of the some of the effort out in Maricopa County. We will likely uh, try to help up in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and uh, and Georgia when it gets going. But all these things are going to happen. These are going to happen whether they like it or not, whether the Democrats like it or not. So election integrity is not something that's going to go away and i am not convinced that we're going to have a free and fair election in 2022 unless we get 2020 squared away
0: that's such an important thing leaning into the next election we don't have these issues resolved it's uh we we have to get
1: it resolved we have to resolve it i mean american people i I don't want the american people to feel like you know what my vote doesn't count so i'm not going to go vote that's a danger right isn't that a real danger here? exactly yeah i want them to firmly believe in that in the election process i mean, uh, I'm out and about getting uh, involved in various elections, you know, as a as as Mike Flynn, I'm up, you know, uh, and I'll I'll throw this in at the end here cuz I know we don't have that much time but I'm up uh, uh helping out Fernando Mateo to be the next mayor of New York. Right. Today is the primary. Today is the primary. He's, go- he's going against a guy that is a publicity stunt, you know, uh and and um, he was a was a democrat and then just turned republican and I've learned that there's some democrats actually backing him because they don't want uh, Fernando Mateo to be the next mayor of New York city, because he's actually, he's a, he's a very like, he's sort of a Trump like figure, but in the Hispanic community, which is 30% of New yeah, York, that's a big population. Yep. But most of them, the majority of them are actually registered Democrats because that's the Democrats do a much, much better job at registering minority uh, uh, voters. And so they're not, you know, they're not going to come out in droves today in New York city, but it's that kind of a thing for the, for those, for your listeners who are involved in in party politics and particularly in the conservative movement or the Republican party we have got to do a better job of registering people and i i think we i think trump really worked hard at that and he brought a lot of hispanics he probably he did got, in fact he did he got the most Hispanic votes in the history of any president he got the most african americans votes in the history of any republican president and if that's telling that's why election integrity is such a is such is is in such a knot right now because Trump broke all these records yet you know he's sitting uh out in Bedminster right now instead of in in the uh, Oval Office so yeah. and it, something's not right John something's not right so I I'm out there uh you know politicking for people who I think are leaders not politicians and this guy Mateo, Fernando Mateo, is, is a leader and not a politician and uh because if, if when we talk about bellwethers and I'll and I'll stop here and. 10 seconds here. When we talk about bellwether locations, New York City is a bellwether for the nation. If New York City continues for eight more years under Democratic leadership, the nation is at risk. Our nation is at risk. And, and it's at risk to to uh, be be uh, uh, subsumed by Marxism and communism. New York City is a shell right now, and the crime rates are out of control. And, uh, and this guy, Fernando Mateo, is is backed by the police. He's backed by all of the various immigrant communities up there, as well as the Hispanic community. He's just got to get through this primary, uh, which is a funny primary because there's only going to be about fifty thousand people that vote. Right. Yeah. Which very is small. Out, which is which is outrageous. It's outrageous.
0: You yeah. Know? No, it is. So you, you can can't tell. complain. People it can't is,
1: complain anymore about politicians, John. they got to go and get involved.
0: That's right. Yep. Your vote matters, and uh, it makes a difference. And uh, so does all your public service. It's, it, we are honored by all you continue to do. You took a big political licking unfairly, but you know you came right back and, and continued the work that you always were doing for your country. And I know our country is grateful for that. And I'm, I'm grateful for all the time you spent with us today, General. It's always great to have you on this show.
1: Thank you, John. At any time, and I really appreciate your listeners and everything that you do with, uh, with your great, great uh, journalistic, your personal journalistic ability. Thank but you. As well as the news that you're putting out through your, your terrific Just the News uh, outlet. And uh, it's, it's, if it's not the most widely read, it needs to be because it's well, thank honest you. journalism.
0: I'm grateful that you said that. And as my first editor said, you're only as good as your next story. So I got to get back to finding a story. (laughs) (laughs) General, God bless you, man. Have a great one. And thank you for your time today. Yep. God bless. Uh, You too. God bless. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we're done, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, America, that wraps up the show today. Wow, what a great opportunity to speak with the great Mike Flynn and uh, talk about all that's been going on in the world stage and the election integrity stage. Uh, he's a man who has a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of experience, was uh, a great and is a great national security strategic thinker. And we're so grateful he had so much time with us today. We learned a lot. All right, remember that election special tonight, right? You're going to want to watch that on Real America's Voice, Just the News on Rumble. Wherever you go, you're going to, be to watch that. Uh, and if you want to do something special today, go to Tunnels to Towers, check them out. If your heart is tugged by their cause, like my heart is tugged, go give them a donation, $11 donation and, uh, monthly. And you'll be doing good for true American heroes. And... Speaking of good, we've got my friends at Home Title Lock. They're always watching out for you. You know, your credit card company, when they find a suspicious charge in your card, it's called identity theft, right? And it's annoying, but the credit card company normally covers it. So you're off the hook. You're not that worried about it. But there is a type of fraud that you do need to worry about. It's called Home Title Theft. And it's a devastating crime that can potentially take your name and your ownership rights off your home's title. A cyber thief comes in and uh, changes the deed, starts taking loans, claims that they're the rightful owner of your home. And guess what? It's not covered by your normal home insurance. It's not covered by most home identity theft programs. Not going to be covered by insurance program, that's for sure. That's why you need home title lock. Uh, They watch out for you. They do a check, make sure you haven't had any compromises of your home title. And then they watch day and night and they protect you. So Uh, because you are a Just the News fan, a John Solomon Reports listener, they have a special offer for you today. And you should take advantage of this. I don't want to be lying awake wondering whether I'm going to one day not own my home because some cyber thief came in and changed my home title. You shouldn't either. So what do you do? It's real simple. Go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then you enter radio into the little box for a 30-day free trial of the protection. That's promo code radio at lockcom Risk-free, you're going to be satisfied to know that there are people out there who can watch your title for you when you're busy. You got the kids, you got school, soccer practice, I know, music lessons, whatever it is that takes your life, uh, your job, uh, it's busy all day. You don't want to be thinking about this. Let my friends at Home Title Lock take care of it for you. It's a free trial. It's worth it. One more time, go to HometitleLock.com. Use the promotional code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O. You're going to get a free trial. Great time spent, money well spent. What a way to have peace of mind. You go to sleep at night, never worrying that some rascal, some criminal, some cyber thug is going to take your home title. All right, that wraps it up for me tonight. Remember, Channel 219 on Dish Network, Channel 240 on Pluto, The Real America's Voice app, download it for your iPhone or your Android phone, or just go to justthenews.com, click on the TV button. You can see the show tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, an election integrity special by Just The News and Real America's Voice, hosted by, yeah, yours truly, great lineup, Senator Ron Johnson, Jessica Anderson from Heritage Action, Bob Cheely, the Georgia attorney who's in the middle of that great audit, very important audit. If you haven't met this man, this is going to be an interview you're going to watch. All of that live tonight at 8 p.m. I yeah, gave you all the ways to watch it. Tune in. I think you'll have a great time. If not, come back tomorrow. We're going to have another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. All right, folks. God bless you and good night.